Grace Bible Church. Welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a joy to be here with you today. Brent, how are you? Good, sir. I'm feeling so good. Stephen, for some reason, we are sitting closer together than we ever have on this podcast. This is going to be special. Yeah. And it's also going to be special (laughs) because we're joined by Gene and Nancy Cagle today. Hi. Hi. Hello there, church. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you all coming in and... uh, uh, you know, one of the goals of the Midweek Podcast is to loop the weeks together. And also, you know, if we, we always say, hey, if we could add an extra half hour of our service or something like that, it'd be great to give a testimonial time into the life of our church. So this, uh, this tool of the Midweek Podcast has provided some of that for our church to be able to hear how the Lord has worked in people's lives. So uh, as we begin, we'd love to be able to ask you all, uh, and we'll go ladies first, if that's okay. Uh, how did you come, go about coming to know Christ? So how did you, uh, when did you meet the Lord? Well, um, I was 25 years old, and um, I was a nurse in the Army, uh, stationed at, um, in Denver, Colorado. And I had, just all through my college years, I really had not pursued Christ. I grew up in, um, in the Catholic Church, actually, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of got away from that during college, but I knew I wasn't done with that. And when I finished, I... Uh, just started looking at different churches, and lo and behold, not at church, but at work, I ran into Jean, <laughs> who became my future husband. But um, when I was with him, uh, I would, you know, he would talk about the Lord. Uh, I noticed in his apartment he had a Bible, and uh, it was actually looked like he had read it. And it was that <laughs> That's a great table. test of character, <laughs> right? <laughs> Ladies, check out those Bibles. Thank yeah. you, honey. <laughs> and I asked him about it, and uh, you know, he shared um, he shared some things about Jesus, about that he had a relationship with Jesus, but that just was foreign to me. That whole idea. Um, anyway, just um, through knowing Gene, uh, he. You know, he talked to me, and he also introduced me to his pastor, who uh, I came, I, I met, and I attended the service, uh, and I felt like he was talking directly to me, which apparently he was, that yes, I didn't he realize was. he really was, because <laughs> Gene had talked to him about me, and um, then uh, had a meeting with him, and he, he explained a lot of things to me that I had a foundation uh, in in the church, in, in, in the Catholic church, which really helped me to understand some things, but there were, it answered a, just a lot of questions I didn't mm. have about having a personal relationship mm. and how you knew that you would, if you were saved. And yeah. um, so that just appealed to me so much. And of course, I didn't know anything other than what I'd known in the past and then what he told me. So since then, it's been a lifelong study where um, I learned so much by just teaching Sunday school to little ones hmm. <laughs> because I would just stay ahead of them and learn uh, from the Bible. And that was, uh, that was just the best way. I mean, I, I got into um, Bible commentaries and to concordances and things like that for myself yeah. as I was just teaching like first, second graders. So that was uh, kind of how that happened until, <laughs> I, uh, until I went to uh, Bible study fellowship and that really gave me a big foundation along with my uh, Bible studies at Grace Bible hmm. Church. So anyway, that was where, that's how I became a Christian. And um, I've just, I feel as though it's just changed everything in my life, hmm. um, my whole perspective on life. And um, just wanted to 
you know, it's, it's been important to me in my marriage and raising my kids and mm. just everything that I do. That's awesome. All right, so Gina, this is a two-parter for you then. So with that is, is how did you come about meeting Christ? How did you come to understand the gospel? And then secondly, you can tell us how you ended up coming to meet this lady, your bride. Okay, well, we'll tackle it then. <laughs> you know, when I grew up, I had great parents that loved us. I had three brothers, and we lived a life that was all good. And my dad was a grocery man, and we worked in the grocery stores. So we started working early on and got up to high school and had about all the awards that you could want academically and athletically. And yet somehow I knew I didn't have everything, and it's weird how that you might hear that from other people because it's true. Hmm. And we met a, a soldier out at Fort Sill. He sent me a letter and he said, "If do you, you know, you played a great basketball game, which was my weakest sport, by the way. And uh, <laughs> his main question he asked, if you died today, do you know if you'd be going to heaven or hell? And I thought, oh, you know, I hadn't thought about that because we were raised in the Methodist Church. They didn't think about it either. And uh, so uh, we invited him out to our house. And to make a long story short, uh, he witnessed to me and showed me the passages in the scriptures where our Lord Jesus Christ died for us and his blood paid our sin for our sins. And so after I talked with him, uh, I accepted Christ the summer after my senior in high school. And um, I've been a Christian ever since. Very good. So you you were served in the military. You've been all over. So tell us how you went about meeting Nancy. How did the Lord bring you all into each other's lives? Okay, so I went to uh, Germany for two years in the Special Forces, and so I thought, the Army's not that bad. Maybe I can get my surgery residency done in the Army. So I asked, hey, can I go to Fitzsimmons Army Medical Center and do my uh, surgery residency? And I got it because I had two years of previous service. Ah. And uh, so early on there, you know, I just was enjoying Denver and learning and uh, wasn't dating much. And uh, the chief of plastic surgery uh, at the hospital walked out in the hall and he said, Gene, who are you dating? And I said, nobody in particular. And he said, well, if you want to go first class, you need to find Nancy Henyon. <laughs> and so here this Oklahoma crude boy went looking for Nancy uh, Henyon, who was the daughter of a three-star general. So... Uh, how that worked, I don't know, but we're still together today. And I have to tell you all that my three brothers told her it'd be a little rough being married to an Oklahoma crude, but she's weathered it, and I'm a little better today than I was when we married. <laughs> that was great. So you all, you started dating. How did you get to Nacogdoches, Texas, of all places? How did that happen? How long have you been here? 41 years. 41 years in Nacogdoches, staying in one place, setting roots in a big way. Uh, so tell us, how did you end up coming to Nacogdoches, and you got connected to Grace Bible Church, and you've been here since. Tell us about that story. Well, we um, were in the military and um, just trying to decide to stay in, to get out, and um, we decided to look around and see what was out there. And Gene always wanted to live in Texas, and even though he's from Oklahoma, and he liked East Texas where he could fish. That was a big thing, and there were trees. And so we made a little list of places we wanted to see, and we came and visited, and um, we actually visited some other places as well, but uh, when we came here, it was just very welcoming, and they really needed a surgeon, and the reason we even put this down on our list because Gene knew an orthopedist who had been in Germany when he was in Germany, and he had referred some patients to him. So he 
asked him, you know, about this opportunity. And he said, yes, we need another surgeon. So we can put this on our list and we met people and it just was very welcoming. Um, so we um, ended up taking advantage of the opportunity that was hmm. here and um, set up a, a, Gene set up an independent practice and we've been here ever since. And then you can tell how we came to Grace. Do you have the... Well, we, you know, we looked around town because I want to be fair with Nancy and myself to make sure we went to the church where we could, you know, fellowship with other believers. And we went to a number of churches, and but when we came to Grace, it was just special. It was different, and uh, um, we liked the way uh, the Bible's personal and Jesus is personal, and um, we're just happy and fulfilled here, and it didn't have any dogma that we didn't like, and so we're happy here at Grace Bible. Well, and interestingly enough, the Hearst came here the same year we did, the same summer. I didn't know that. And they had already had a connection to Grace, and we met them through the medical community really and um so that was you know definitely a plus because we knew them and we um, enjoyed them and and thought that they were good yep. people good christian people they were and we we have families they're identical we have girl boy girl girl all the same age with the last two being born on the same day <laughs> ha! that was after i made a toast at one of the restaurants with bud wright and rick hurst and about nine, nine or ten months later, we all three had kids. <laughs> <laughs> what was in that toast? I know that's right. Yeah, that's it. To have yeah, another yeah. child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things we can ask you about. You all have been involved with about every ministry, and at Grace, you serve with the young kids. You've been hosted a small group for many years. You've been a part of women's ministry, men's ministry, uh, and all over. Uh, what role? Uh, you all have lived busy lives. But still, you're still involved. You know, what needs to be done? How can I help? How can I advance the ball? You know, it's kind of both your mindsets. Uh, how would you kind of describe that heart of service that you both have in the life of our church and, and the life of church in general? Well, um, I, you know, I, I definitely um, am committed to, to serving. And um, I, I and I can see, other than you know, my, through my faith, and know that that's what I'm supposed to do, and um, that's honoring to God. I mean, it, I've seen the the fruit of it in my life and our lives. And um, I would say, you know, for our children, it was it was a wonderful thing to be a part of a of a church, to be real an integral part of a church, and um, be serving alongside other people, like-minded people, and our kids there with us, um, there were other people who, um, who took, who helped us raise our kids basically through ministry. And, you know, if they could do that for us, we could do that for them. We, um, Gene and I, we had, um, youth group in our house for a number of years and we, we served in youth group, um, with some other couples and, um, that, that was so important because it, we, we knew other people who were influencing our kids. And so consequently, um, we made an effort to put our kids with other adults, you know, and allow them to help, uh, you know, help mm -hmm. influence them by being um, mentors to them. And it wasn't always that we constructed that. Sometimes other people reached out to do that. Hmm. And that was, you know, just service that other people did for us as well. And so we feel you know, really strongly about that. I, 
you know, all of our children, and I don't take that for granted that our kids, because a lot of people raise their kids in the church and are great role models, but right now all of our kids are believers and they're in church and they're raising their children as believers. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that's just, that's a wonderful thing that I, and I, I, I don't know that that came from the, as part of the fruit of that service, but um, I just, you know, I feel it's somehow connected. Hmm. Okay, as far as, as I'm concerned, I, everything Nancy said, I, I, that's the way I feel too, but I, I knew that once we joined the church, that was going to be the focus of our friends, and uh, we wanted to be able to fellowship and have Christian friends, and uh, that was a big pull here, besides the gospel being preached here. And um, we, I don't know how you said, how could, could we do it? I really don't know how I could do it back in the day when the Knife and Gun Club was a lot more active and the highways were a lot worse than they are now, and we had car wrecks out every day. Hmm. Um, but... I'll hand it to and you the were grace. called to the emergency room. That's yeah. Well, that was, yeah. You didn't serve. Really, you, didn't, you weren't a part of an actual knife and, and gun club, right? <laughs> no. You were. You were. Uh, you were the, you're patching people up that were getting yeah, right. knifed and gunned. <laughs> and gunned. I just thought that might have sounded a little. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like a strange club for Nacogdoches to support. <laughs> but I see what you're saying. You were putting people I back was together. Helping people out. And, yeah. But what the neatest remembrance I have, or memory I have from back then, is that when we had our small group, sometimes I would just doze off and everybody that was okay with everybody because they knew that I'd been up or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And we just went on with our small group and we did that. And that's one way that we were able to do yeah. a lot of the things we did, people helping us out. <laughs> that's a really cool insight. Um, uh, Stephen, I feel like I'm dominating the questions, but I'm just going to keep going. All right. uh, what, <laughs> uh, what would you... so? You, you had a job that was on call all the time, right? So you had people needing you on all different sides. You have a spouse, you have kids. Um, how would you all kind of describe how you were able to stay netted together as a couple with all the busyness of life that you both have had through the years? And even still, you have a lot of tugs on a lot of different areas. So uh, what advice would you give maybe to younger couples that are in those seasons where they feel tugged in a lot of different areas or they have life on call? Uh, what, what advice would you give to them uh, Staying knitted together. Now they're both pointing together at each other. <laughs> Nancy's a lot deeper than I am. I kind of stay kind of superficial, but if I can, that's not true. But Nancy can get deep easier than I can. Uh, you know, when you we I did I I was on call every other day with another surgeon here in town for almost twenty years. Wow! And it was unbelievable. And now you know they break it up a lot more reasonably. And so I was gone a lot, and she had to do a lot with the kids. And But when I was available, I tried to do what I needed to do to be sure that she got the help she needed, and we kept our relationship going the way it needed to. And sometimes that was hard. Hmm. Well, um, well, a couple of things. I mean, one thing, I have to give a lot of credit to my mom. She was a great role model to me. My dad was a career Army officer in he was um, deployed a number of times and, you know, she just kept, you know, she kept a great relationship with my dad and mm. she was a great mom. And, um, but I don't think they had the prayer life that we did, you know, and so mm. I would add that to it, that we prayed together and yeah. that we would make a point of 
we make a point of just touching base and talking to each other. And, um, you know, we sure we get on each other's nerves sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's perfect. Sure. But, um, you know, but that it was just communication and um, both the fact that we, I, I knew Gene loved the Lord. I knew he was committed to our marriage. I was committed to our marriage and it wasn't, there was never a thought of not being. So hmm. I would say that was important. <laughs> That's a great insight. And, and even through that, you all were in, invested in life, the church, and in all the busyness. I, I think that's something I'm seeing now in my life, too, with uh, the pull that a lot of people get with activities or kids' sports activities or just busyness of life or you name it, that uh, it's so easy to make church and those relationships kind of the first cord that's cut. You know, if you're trying to say, how do we survive? You start cutting things. Church seems to be one of the first ones that, that can be tempting to to cut because there doesn't seem to be any immediate ramifications. But you know, I think, I feel like that the friends you make really shape a lot of, you know, how you are in life. Um, and we always had our best friends here at, at Grace Bible church. And, um, we were very like-minded as far as mm. our, our, um, our life with our, with the church, our family life. And, um, they knew us, we knew them. And um, they were involved. We were involved, and it just felt like this is where we wanted to be, and we wanted to. Um, and just as I said, that your friends shape you. You know, they were committed to their marriages. They were committed mm-hmm. to their families, their kids, and we just had a lot, a lot of like-mindedness. That helps so much. Mm. We were praying for each other. Mm. Yeah. So you had other couples going in the same direction, same values, same love of the Lord, same love of the same local church. Yeah, they kept you netted. Just don't get isolated. And one thing that I didn't do is, you know, a lot of people want to run with the guys. And I think that's okay, but it was just never something that I even wanted to do. And I, I never joined a, one of the civic clubs mm-hmm. around town. Or I, did, I didn't do any of that by choice because I was so busy as a physician, but I wanted to be at home with my wife and kids. Mm. So I was pretty singular now uh, in that effort. I did like to hunt and fish, though. So, but that's only every once in a while. Yeah. Not every weekend. So. So Gene and Nancy, you were the first couple I ever met from Grace Bible Church, that's by right. the way. Uh, you came and met me up in Oklahoma, and we had dinner together. And I remember you being incredibly just honest about things and asking great questions of me. And now over the years, you've both have continued to be great encouragements to us. We've ended up at your house and our power's gone off. We've, you know, there's just been all kinds of stuff. And so, um, as two people that I think are, are wise and are willing to, to give an encouraging word and to open up your home and to, um, to, to give what someone needs in, the, in that moment, whether that's a, a pick me up or a, you know, a, a helping hand. Um, how would you, how would you encourage people, you know, that, that are hungry to serve, maybe you're looking for opportunities, but you guys seem to just kind of, people either come to you or you're just, you're following in, into those, those things naturally, uh, where you're just around folks and just offering encouragement. Um, how would you encourage folks to serve in that way, to just live a life that's intentionally encouraging and serving of others, even with busy schedules? Well, (laughs) (laughs) um, I would say that um, 
I don't, I don't know that I'm always just so available. So I'm, you know, feeling a little hesitant to, to speak on this because um, sometimes I do protect myself, um, like mm. a lot of people, like I think people do. But um, I think just, um, you know, just kind of designing your, your home life so that you can do that. You know, sometimes uh, you're a little more flexible. Um, I don't know if this is what you're after, but, you know, I just I find myself sometimes thinking, I just need to cook a bunch of meat and put it in the freezer <laughs> so that yeah. it's there, you know, and I can mm. grab it if I need to. Because if I don't, then I tend to think, oh, look at all the things I would have to do if I had somebody over, mm. if I had to do, you know, had to had to take a meal to somebody. And it just feels like, boy, that really that helps a lot to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I would just say that... Um, it doesn't come, it always doesn't come easily, and I don't always follow through on all of that that you're talking about. But um, it is so worthwhile to do it, and it's so, um, it's so wonderful to, um, you know, to, to reach out to other people and to um, help them in their time of need. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm thinking, I, you know, just today I was thinking of things, a few things that I wanted to do. But keeping it forefront in my mind, always, you know, by having a quiet time, having a time, you know, with the Lord, those things sort of flood your mind, the things that you want to do for other people and writing them down and just keeping, you know, that rather than just going on with your day. Um, You know, many times things live in my head for a while before I actually put them into, you know, into action. And I'm always glad when I do put them into action. Yeah. I don't know if I've given anybody any answers no, that's great. to that, but it's it very is, helpful. It's, it's a process. It's yeah. ongoing. Yeah. I guess I would add to that is at least for myself, um, while I was extremely busy, our commitment was to the church and the service of the people in the church and serving Christ. And like Nancy said, we were part of the youth leadership as well as our small group and other things. And so while our time was limited, we knew the importance of Christian fellowship because that's key, I think, to keeping a person alive in the Lord. And uh, so by making it a priority, it blossomed in our lives to where we are today, and we're really thankful for our church, and we're actually thankful both Brent and Stephen and others. I'm thankful for Brent also. Hey, I'm <laughs> thankful for you all. Just a thank fest. A lot Just of gratefulness. Thank, circle of thanking. You know, there's so many stories that we could share exactly in that. I'll never forget when uh, Sarah and I came, our first visit to Nacogdoches. And uh, Gene, you said get in, the, get in the vehicle, which I didn't know what was going to happen to me exactly. And you and Zach took me to the boot barn. I didn't know where we were going, didn't know anything in Nacogdoches where anything was. And we went to the boot barn. You bought me my first pair of boots. And, uh, yeah, it was just made to be. It yeah. was the right fit. Well, guess who Stephen got his first pair of boots from? <laughs> Who's that? Some yeah. guy pulled up in the in the front of my house to get in the car. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Same, same yeah. move. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I just so, wanted you two guys to be able to relax and enjoy being here so that you could serve the Lord more freely. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know, it's we, a very relaxing. Yeah, we have. Boots. That's exactly it. Now, can, that's I, fun. can I say some, one other thing about ministry? Sure. Um, I think it's hard to go from doing nothing to doing something. It's much easier to, once you start doing something to continue doing something. Mm. And, um, I, and I've I noticed this um, just more recently. You know, I think sometimes when you're uh, in ministry, like for um, 
leading a, a, a discussion group, which is what I'm doing mm-hmm. right now in um, in women's Bible study. I, it's, it's not hard for me now to just plan for that every week, to just do the lesson, get the lesson, you know, just kind of form the discussion, do all that. Um, whereas maybe when I'm not doing it, it's hard for me to think about, well, where am I going to fit that in? That's you a great know? point. But it's, there's no question about it now. And I think it, the same thing ha- is if you're very hospitable, you know, you just, you put that, it's part of your life and you mm. just do it and you plan for it. Yeah. So that was just something I wanted to say. That's good. I think it's about the best transition point we could ask for uh, this <laughs> Sunday as we go on in uh, in the book of Exodus. We're going to be looking at the actual Passover component that that happens as the the tenth plague uh, ultimately climaxes and brings forward the death of uh, the firstborn all throughout Egypt. Uh, one of the components that we're going to pull out this Sunday is the fact that the last time we see the what the Lord said was going to happen and we see what Pharaoh said was going to happen. And what Pharaoh, if you remember at the end of chapter 10, told Moses, the next time you see me, you're going to die. Uh, but that's not true. What actually happens is after this 10th plague happens, it so rocks Pharaoh's world that the next time that he sees Moses, he doesn't long to kill him. Instead, he tells him, be gone and bless me also. He's asking for a blessing from the man he said he was going to kill. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of what the judgment of God does in people's lives. It takes people that think they're sovereign over their all their possessions, all their life, and all their time. And the Lord uses death and grief and all the things in life to shake us to where we realize truly we are dependent upon the blessing and sustaining of God. So that's a part of what we're going to look at this Sunday as we pull this out. We'll make a couple allusions to the book of Ruth, the book of Proverbs, uh, but it's a, one of the actual next step applications this week. So in the bulletin, there's going to be a special handout that's going to be a helpful uh, tool to put together your testimony, your story of how you can share how the Lord has worked in your life. Just as you all, uh, Team Cagle, have shared with us as, as well, one of our prayers for our church is that every member, every person would be able to articulate uh, and serve others with living a life of service, but also being able to share the gospel with them. And being able to share our testimony with the gospel embedded into that is is one of the greatest ways that we can easily take a conversation and bring it in the direction to the Lord and see what happens. So in the bulletin this Sunday, there'll be a special handout uh, that will be included to help people put together their story. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll be uh, also participating in uh, baptism in one of the services this Sunday. Um, and so we're super grateful for that. And all of the, the regular rhythms that we have to be reminded of the truth, to be able to sing, sit under the Word, pray together, uh, to read the Word together. These are all good things that are formative for us. So we get to, to do that again this Sunday, which is always exciting. Yeah. Uh, so Gene and Nancy, thank you all so much for uh, for being just a faithful part of our of our body, uh, ministering to, to me and my family and... Um, and to many others. Um, and uh, thank you for just sharing with us a little bit of insight, a little bit about your life so that the church could get to know you a little bit better. People that are here, we've got new, lots of new folks coming. It's cool to get to know folks that have been here for more than four decades. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for being here uh, to share with us today. Thank you for yeah, having thank us. Thank you for having yeah. us. Well, church, we love you, and we'll see you this Sunday. See you then.